I love that ad. I love that ad. I love that ad. Hello and welcome to another very special episode of I Love That Ad. Joined as always is uh, that wind beneath my wings, Shane W. Brennan. How are you doing, Shane? I'm very well, uh, thanks. And is this ever going to get old, this joke? No. Or is it no, not a no. joke? It's <laughs> not a joke. It's it's reality. So I'm just preaching the reality. Okay. Um, but enough of that. We have to get to our very special guest, which is Sarah Collins. She is Senior Marketing Manager at Ballymaloo Foods. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I guess I could be like Westlife and you raised me up if you're with yeah. the wings, maybe. Yeah, okay, I like yeah. that. I, I like the idea of Aaron having to come up with another thing for the guests exactly. as well. Yeah. Okay, Ch- challenge accepted. Oh, okay. God. People are it. just going to log off the minute you introduce them. Like, yeah. Nope. Did I hear this episode before? <laughs> uh, no, we're, we're delighted to have you on uh, the, the podcast there. We've been, we've been badgering you to come on for, for a long time now, so we're, we're delighted now that... We have uh, we're going to get an insight into the type of ads that that, that appeal to you um, over your career. You know, you've you worked in a couple of different sectors and, and different types of advertising. What is the consistent thing that that keeps drawing you towards marketing as a whole, but also the types of ads that kind of stand out to you more? Yeah, I think when I look back over my career, I've worked in different areas in marketing, but kind of where I started out, I worked in Coca-Cola and I think for them it was always the little consumer insight nugget that they could make out of a campaign was so interesting to me that something that could be relatively boring or a little fact but they could just make something massive out of it that caught people's attention and that's kind of throughout everything when I worked at Johnson and Johnson and you know I worked as a data insights person which to many people could they could switch off but it can be really turned around and made into something interesting so that's when I see when I look at the different ads for me it's you know it's something that you're like people are inherently nosy they want to know things they want to like what what are other people doing and kind of getting behind the scenes so I think that's for me when I look at ads it's not just something you know standard and boring it catches your attention we're getting like messages bombarded at us from every angle so the ones that really make me stop and think are well, that's a really clever way of putting it. Or I didn't know that. Now I feel like I know something like hidden or behind the scenes. Yeah, something that causes intrigue. Mm, definitely. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely kind of stops and you look. And even sometimes you look at ads like that and you're like, did they? Why Why have the? Do I need to look into this more? Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you feel like you're on that inner circle. So when you're somewhere and you're maybe at a house or a house party or a barbecue you're like did you know that (laughs) (laughs) that's exactly it it's actually my phrase i call them my little nuggets of information my friends love them but i'm like did you know that coca-cola did this and they're like she's going again on this little rant so yeah that's definitely it if you know you know I'm I'm there with you. I'm a, I'm an avid reader of IMDb trivia on all films for that yes. exact reason. It's the first thing I go to to see if there's anything interesting. Yeah. Oh gosh. But it's funny that that type of advertising is because there's so much there's so much weight in in, in terms of the insights and and so much gold in that, in in those small nuggets. Uh, pardon the pun. That you can create a really good campaign relatively regardless of your budget do you know yeah. is it because it's, it's insight led and i suppose the budget is just about how big you can explode that insight into into a campaign exactly because that's the piece that we used to always have this phrase that you know a lot of people bandy around the word insight but unless it actually leads to something it's just kind of a useless piece of information but if you can turn it into something interesting it has so much weight because definitely even with say balmaloo 
compared to Coca-Cola, like our budgets, there's no comparison. But we try and do really small, clever activations that have like far reaching impact. And it's if you do something that can engage with people that stands out, that has a bit of life, then it can go on for like a longer time and you can get a lot more impact because it doesn't necessarily mean the bigger budgets you have, the bigger impact. And that's what I really like. But it's for me, it has to be really thought through. And that's where you can see in like the ones that I've picked today is my favorite. They really activate them on so many different touch points because you can't just have like one thing in isolation. And that's where it's, you know, you have it on a billboard, you can have it on an email, you can have it on social media. Everything has to be linked together because that's where you get impact because we are all kind of invested in ourselves. It takes so much for a message to get through. But if you've seen it like 10 times, then you're like, oh, I remember that ad now. It's like stuck in and becomes kind of just something that you'll repeat. And then ultimately, obviously, you're going to go buy that product. And beyond the, the, that kind of insights piece that you're bringing to the work in Ballymaloo, are, are you also bringing that love of, of kind of data and kind of what what insights that's thrown out? How is that uh, playing out in, in, in your day-to-day role in, in, in Ballymaloo Foods? Yeah, it like we've tried to do it a bit more like when I came on board and we've expanded the team so there's five of us in the marketing team now and we're using more like digital marketing and bringing a bit more the insight into it and obviously it was kind of just we don't buy as much data as the larger companies because it you know costs more so we have to be kind of clever where we're getting our insights but I think you know we do see things like we're the number one relish in Ireland. We can see like the brand love that we have, our net promoter score. So we do use that in standing out versus competitors. I think obviously for our like social media, when we do like print, digital, anything like that, the food is still front and center. It's the most important thing. But this year, what we really tried to do was bring it more to life. So, you know, we have people like in it, it's more like the lifestyle shots that it's not just this perfect unattainable gorgeous looking food because people sometimes they can be put off if they're like I can't replicate that so we're trying to make it real achievable and that's yeah, where nice. I have to manage my I have to manage my data love because I know not everyone has that but I still I still have it there yeah well it's it's a it's I think it's a it's a skill set that's that's not that common unfortunately and, and when you have it <laughs> It's almost like a superpower that you, you enjoy it more so as well that you're as well as being able to to weaponize it for for the good of the brand that you're working on. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> we won't. <laughs> don't like worry. <laughs> we won't be bringing out like an Excel campaign where it's yeah. like Sarah working on her like tracker. But I just think it's so interesting to see behind it. You know, even when you see ads and they're like, "How many McDonald's burgers have been served in the world?" Like, if you pile them this high, it would be reach it to the moon i think those are so interesting and like love creating that little nugget again part of the fun when talking about mcdonald's (laughs) (laughs) part of the ads some of the ads that you shared to us i know the first one we want to watch that that's very much rooted in in insight human insight but coupled with with actual product data so what's what's the first ad uh, we can we can expect to see today so the first ad for me was with spotify And this has been something they've been running for six years, but it really started out with the year um, review that they launched in 2016. And for me, this is so important. They just really got to the cusp of who their subscribers are, what they're listening to. And basically, as they put it, we're all a little bit weird. 
so it's so interesting to see how we all use the platform a bit differently amazing well let's have a let's have a quick look at the case study and then we'll come back how do you wrap up a year like 2016 in a year that felt like it was all about our differences spotify tuned in to the listening data of its over 100 million users to remind us we're all a little bit weird we started with an out-of-home campaign that was at once global and highly localized, showing what people listened to during Brexit, Valentine's Day, nights out, and in inappropriate ways. We told 164 unique data stories in the exact neighborhoods where the listeners lived. Then, we spread the message online, showing that it wasn't just our listening habits that were weird, it was the music, too. On social, we took a weirdly scientific approach to the year's top hits, like how many dances Drake needed, the year in weird spelling, and the emotional roller coaster that was Bieber's hair. Next, we personalized the campaign to each user, with an email recapping their year in listening with stats on who they loved, when they loved it, and a unique playlist with their favorite songs of the year. Then we partnered with top artists to reward the fans who listened more than anyone else. Like Trapping Paper, for the biggest streamers of trap music, Sienta Hats, for Sia fans, and for the biggest corn fans, Cornaments. All the gifts were announced through a series of social films. Our year-end campaign received over 1,500 pieces of news coverage, generated 1.2 billion earned impressions, and over a billion streams. And during its run, Spotify's subscription growth easily broke all company records. Thanks, 2016. It's been weird. No. That's such a good campaign. Yeah, yeah, it's a class campaign. And the fact that it's now become like a pivotal day in the year, like when everyone gets that email of like your year unwrapped, you're like, am I willing to share my year unwrapped with my friends or um, is it questionable how much I listen to Westlife? Like, I'm not sure. Yeah, <laughs> and that's yeah. what I think it loved. Never. Like, and it breaks your autopilot. When that came out, I was living in London. And I remember just autopilot headphones on going through the tube and seeing that campaign of to the person on Valentine's Day who listened to Sorry, What Did You Do? Um, like because they listened to it 42 times you're like oh that poor person what was going on in their life but it just made you stop in a world when like you're going so fast but it like as you can see it was all created in-house you know so it's more affordable they're using the information they have but they've made data interesting which I think is the really cool thing obviously they've made nice colorful infographics about it but it's playful it's it's gone totally viral and they've like evolved it over the time I think is amazing you know you can see like their subscriptions went through because it was hard for them they don't make a lot of money off of their kind of system and like how it's all set up but it really was a turning point for them to grow and like launch kind of new podcasts and expand and that's where I think it's really interesting well I think what it did as well for for the subscriptions to grow was people kind of felt left out it yes. felt like Spotify was this community that Apple Music doesn't engage in the same way. You're not part of this cool kind of Spotify world where you're contributing to these stats or you even have your own stats to share on social media. So I think it kind of, what it did was it gave people a, a, a little bit of FOMO and they were like, yeah. okay, I want to be on Spotify because Spotify seem to be more in touch. And they're also talking to, to me and my friends and other people, whereas other big streamers are kind of like, 
eh, we're here whatever yeah. you know what i mean we exist you're just uh, a so, number to them yeah kind of whereas i think spotify made their listeners the center of the campaign so the yeah. listeners responded by wanting to be part of the campaign if, if you know what i mean with yeah i think that was it's just crazy impressive that it's its own thing i'm waiting for like a big sponsorship deal to come out where some and maybe this has happened already but um where like bieber drops his new song on the day that this happens on spotify and it like mast heads everyone's report or something like yeah. that it's like um I, I don't know i just think it's it's incredibly impressive as you an actual project kind of see it this year because you know they have the only you campaign and that where it's like going to the piece where that's like you know there's a girl sitting on the beach and it's harry styles appears so that's where you can really see it like merging in or, you know, they'll do something in the neighborhood where these artists live and just is bringing it to life a bit more. And it's got like such longevity. I think that's the beauty of it. Because sometimes in marketing, it's what's the next big campaign? What's the next big nugget? A lot of people, we've short lived attention spans. So you're kind of almost as marketeers, you're fed up with your campaign before the consumers are. So I think the fact that Before this even has, launches yeah, you're like <laughs> I can't look at this version 15.8 said, <laughs> but this has just the capacity to change and evolve, but it's so interesting. And I know I know Netflix tried something like this because I know it kind of um well I just know they've released some interesting stats. I remember one time they released that someone watched Grown Ups 2 on constant repeat for a full year and they released this and there was a PR release and everyone was like that poor person what is happening in their life that they are hitting grown-ups to repeat and because it obviously goes against Netflix model they don't want to release a lot of streaming stats and stuff like that they want to control the narrative as to what their comparison is to television in terms of rating but they've tapped into this with these weird stats of like people have watched this terrible movie this much time or i, I remember the grown-ups 2 one but i think there was a yeah. few more over the last couple of years which i think is very in tune with once again people felt like they were they were kind of part of it you know what i mean that they could be part of the campaign yeah that was cool. i wonder will they do that a bit more now because you see them struggling you know like how their revenues down and maybe people are just getting a bit netflix fatigued and i think they'll see something that works and how they can play into it because ultimately it does like i said we're all nosy we just kind of want to know yeah. if we're normal yeah. or what else is going on out there i remember the first time against everyone the first time i realized on spotify that you know on your desktop everyone you can see what other people are listening to who you're like friends with and then i realized that they can see what i'm listening to oh, yeah. and, I was like, and i was like for like a day i got really self-conscious because i was yeah. listening to something really but, um, out there and then i forgot through. about it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i was like that's me because someone screenshotted it to me and sent it and they were like i can't believe you're listening to that <laughs> i was like oh god oh that's yeah it's like getting in the inner circle piece yeah. of it again but yeah for sure yeah. But it's that what... nosiness that you said like and that's something netflix could go with their model to be like show here's five people you know what they're watching you know yeah. I mean? watch with them or something like that i think as you rightly said you're gonna see because they have no they have so much data that and they've been so dominant for so long now is the time for them to fucking try something to yeah. really hook people back in you know 100%. with this campaign though i think it very easily without like it's up it's t- stellar copywriting and the mm-hmm. art directions class even though there's loads of different offshoots of the campaign it all feels part of the campaign but it, and i think that's what holds it together but if if you didn't have that high quality in it it could easily verge into the creepy type of data yeah. side of it but they've 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 walked that line nicely <clears throat> i think especially by grouping it into geographical areas 
or a listener in London or Stockholm uh, as opposed to to really getting big brother yes <laughs> I it. think that's the thing because if you did have the feeling that like okay there there's a pop-up coming up every time I listen to you know when they had that like was it on um when it was like when Facebook I think it was like one of the Black Mirror episodes you know how we're being controlled by it where they're like okay she hasn't logged in now we better send her a notification if you could easily get that feeling like no I'm disconnecting but this is actually it when I saw that that people were getting like personalized presents you know if they'd watched they were like the biggest lister of corn they got like special Christmas ornaments for their um tree I'm like oh if I really listen to this long enough would I be chosen like I was near like could I commit to I'll go on the Westlife first, even though it's my childhood, <laughs> is Shane Filan going to turn up at my door with like a Westlife CD? I'm like, do I have that commitment? Mons are really doing bad for my music taste here. It is I'm really very getting the vibe here that you're, a, you're like a Westlife stan. Uh, I just got tickets yesterday, which is why it's like front and center of my mind. Yeah, bring my seven-year-old niece. So that's why I'm like bringing in the younger generations to Westlife. Just, you're just doing it to be nice, uh, a nice auntie. It's not that you want to go at all. Like you just oh. have to, to chaperone her. Yeah. If we, if we unblurred your background there, Sarah, would it <laughs> yeah, be like Westlife here. posters yeah. <laughs> 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 plastered across the wall? I have gone to their like farewell tour probably twice already in the last like six years. So not that cool. You're not alone. I've been to a Westlife concert. <clears throat> I got free tickets when I joined O2 in 2010 and I went. Yeah. So I've been there. Aaron's probably the only person on the podcast who hasn't been to a Westlife concert. Shane, so and he's a Shane, you, you're yeah. a Connacht man, so yeah. Shane. That's the thing. But I actually do like Westlife, and Shane knew this at the time. And what Shane did is he was at the concert, didn't did tell like me West- he was going. Oh, yeah. He didn't tell me he was going, and then he just took a picture in Crow Park at oh. their last gig uh, there, and didn't say anything about it, just sent the picture. How does it yeah. feel to oh. not be in the loop? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was yeah. like, that's what you get. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I feel I, I still feel I'm not in the loop because this summer because they're doing obviously their twentieth farewell or whatever yeah. it is. Um, it I've been getting a lot of photos of just random people at Westlife, <laughs> and I'm like, right, well, I actually have to go. I'll go on the twenty first. Yeah. Uh, farewell tour. Um, no, that was that's a that's a class campaign. I'm actually surprised that campaign hasn't been Picked been chosen all. before. Yeah. It's, it's that it's that good and it's that famous on an annual basis. So yeah. I've never seen the case study. Selection. So I, I don't think of it. It's never yeah. fallen. I've actually never seen that video. So it's, it's really cool yeah. to see it all wrapped up properly like that. It's one that I'm obsessed with. Like I, my ideal job, when I remember when this came out, I wanted to become head of insights for Spotify. Cause I was like, this is the dream. And even when I went like traveling, I canceled all my subscriptions except Spotify. That was literally the 10 euro I wasn't giving up on in the year. Yeah. So I'm a yeah. big fan. Jeez, I kept Netflix. Brilliant. Did you? <laughs> I kept Spotify and now I needed Netflix. And no. those so it's stuck in a train station in Vietnam. I needed a freaking bit of Netflix yeah. with the download. Oh, oh anything God. that keeps you going. Anything. Brilliant. That's a great uh, great ad uh, choice to, to kick us off, Sarah. Thanks very much. Um what can we expect for uh, our next uh, our next ad? The next one is Tony's Chuckle Only, which um do you know, I just think their like whole story and background is so interesting. I had first actually went to board be a brand forum in 2020 the last one just before COVID hit and they were speaking at the event and like obviously gave the background into how they came into existence their story and the fact that they actually spent nothing on marketing so they were just going by total word about they were just hoping that they'd be able to like break down 
enough barriers and get enough reaction um but in they realized then after a few years so last year they launched a campaign where they you know they brought out lookalike chocolate bars for their key competitors because they're like something has to change and they go with total scare tactics and kind of almost guerrilla marketing which I think is so interesting but they do have the guts to call out their competitors and that the industry needs to improve and even I can see on LinkedIn I follow them all like and they really will kind of almost go with the antagonizing of their competitors which I think is unless that's how you evoke change so I think it was really interesting for me the first time that they were putting money behind a campaign and they went so controversial with it um but because it was so controversial and like Sainsbury's pulled them from their shelves and they weren't allowed to actually be in the retailers it got even more word of mouth so kind of backfired on their competitors a bit and what's what's their what's their 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 mission and what's their the main the main things that that tony's chocolate only goes for what's what against the competitors so it's their whole thing is that like the chocolate industry as a whole they have to remove child slave labor from it because if you look at the key places where they are producing like it varies by the different major chocolate producers but it could be up to like 40 50 percent of the labor force are child um, workers yeah and the the thing was that I think it was maybe 20 years ago all of the big chocolate producers came together and said we commit that we will improve the supply chain that we will remove child labor from it but actually they all did this kind of accord or commitment but nothing changed so then this man his name is Toon but it's a Dutch name but he's called Tony and he actually um, he took himself to court in Holland and he brought over like some child slave labor people to sue him because he was like if I eat chocolate I'm contributing to your slave labor so he like brought himself to court on behalf of child labor like it's so interesting he's like he was a journalist and he's like we have to do something different like we're talking in the 21st century how is this still happening so then he launched Tony's Chocolate he's like we will supply we'll pay more kind of like fair trade chocolate but actively trying to get rid of child labor from it but even last year they got cut not cut out but there was still I think 1700 children working in their supply chain and he's like even though we're actively trying yet the local people still are bringing in children so it has to be you know we have to do better so he's not even saying we're perfect and the very interesting thing if you ever buy a bar Tony's Chocolate it's amazing chocolate but their chocolate is based um off a map of Africa and all the pieces are unequal so it's just showing the world is unequal um so there's all like the story behind it so then this when you see the like you'll see the different like chocolate images and they very very closely replicated the branding of their competitors and then when you actually opened up the chocolate it was kind of you know your standard Kit Kat chunky but then also the Tony's chocolate only peace and ultimately was getting people to sign a petition that they're committed to ending child labor um but there's a very kind of interesting version to this where they launched a advent calendar christmas and behind some of the windows they left a space there was no chocolate in it and they said the amount of complaints they got from people about like there being a missing chocolate and they were like that was on purpose because you like you were so enraged that there was no chocolate in this piece you got in touch with us but we're trying to get child labor removed from the supply chain 
and you did nothing. So, you know, very clever little tweaks. <clears throat> and the assumption that's, being, that's if you have right. an advent calendar, most people, there might be kids involved. Exactly. So it's kind of like, you know what I mean? You, you should be, you should be outraged by this. Yeah. You know, as in everyone should be anyway. But you know what I mean? It's, uh, that's genius. I've yeah. not really heard much about this brand. I'm not going to lie. Um, I can't, I've not tried the chocolate. I can't wait to try it now. Amazing. Let's try it now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm just reading here on, on, on one of the pieces about it that when they did these mimicking bars, it's saying that they, uh, all the bars weren't the same. They I, they mimicked to almost perfect identical flavor the bar that they were they were mimicking. You can see that in the wrapper that's that's been taken off. So like in the Toblerone one, you have the triangles. And you can see the almond and the nougat pieces. Yeah. Pepper pepper through it, but it, it's like when you it's like when you hear an ad that has a lo- a sound like song in it. Just mm-hmm. enough notes that are off to be outside the copyrights. The same with the the Kit Kat one here. They're just slightly diagonal yeah, <laughs> versus straight like, lines. Yeah, because it's, it's like what's trademarked is probably like the Kit Kat break and stuff. So that's why yeah. I think it's so clever. Like even from their piece, they're now like the number one chocolate brand in the Netherlands. And even if you see it, like they couldn't, they're huge in the UK as well, but they couldn't sell them in retailers. So they went direct to consumer. They were available, I think it was Brian Thomas were selling these coffee bars. So like they were available to buy in Ireland, but it just shows it's like the guerrilla marketing word amount. Like this is like my Spotify year and wrapped. I'm always like, did you know Tony's Chocolate Only is actually a journalist? Isn't it? Yeah, so. yeah, 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 I love it. <laughs> and that's a lovely bit of copy they have for this campaign is a sweet solution to chocolate's bitter truth. It's yeah. very nice. It's yeah. yeah. And I think they just tried to show that they could make those chocolate bars still make their like profit isn't their overarching thing, but it can be done. So it's like, at what cost does profit come before like quality and actually people's safety? And I can even see there's a comparison here. I'll put it up on screen for the watchers um, of the Tony's Kit Kat versus real Kit Kat and their Kit Kat's like 40% bigger as well. Yeah, like it's even more, and like people, that's interesting considering people now over the last five years have just been bitching and moaning that chocolate is getting smaller. Yes, and true more expensive. <laughs> like, it, yeah, exactly. The amount of air in a packet now is oh, insane. Yeah. But like the fact that they did it, same taste, just as good, fair, like proper fair trade as best they possibly could, and it's more chocolate. It's kind of like a real slap in the face. I love that. Yeah, it's like calling them out. And that's yeah, I think definitely. Can only get more. Like we all claim to care you know, like fair trade, everything, but a lot of them are just tick boxes, whereas they're trying and growing massively. So that's a that's really a, cool campaign. That's class. That's I'm really going cool. to order some of their chocolate tonight. So <laughs> you can go to Amsterdam actually, and they have like little coffees because they've like chocolate milk and everything there. And you can like make your own bar with like the kind of mix of stuff. It's out of this world chocolate. That's it, Aaron. We got to fly to Amsterdam tonight. That's it. Yeah, that's it. yeah. Just for just for bar chocolate. Yeah. You tell the wives. It takes, it takes nipping down to the shops to a new age. Exactly. Uh, I'll be back. Right I'm there. just saving child labor. It's yeah, okay. yeah. It's, it's a big me. deal. Yeah. It's a big deal. Yeah, that's great. Uh, that's a brilliant campaign. Um, delighted with that one. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, an eye opener. Really, really is an eye opener. Um, how are you going to follow those two, uh, Sarah? That's that's a tough challenge. I know. Then I go back to 2016 and Netflix um, with a show I was actually obsessed with at the time. And well, actually with the Spotify one being 2016, it was like 2016 was a big year for me. But it was the House of Cards activation that they had with FU 2016. So 
for me, this was so interesting because it was such a big moment. We had the 2016 campaign, political campaign. People were like, how could we be facing actually Trump coming into power? It was a bit like surreal. And the fact that I just loved the activation of this, the fact that they actually built a headquarters um, for the campaign headquarters, they had emails. I'm imagining like a huge percentage of Americans probably thought Frank Underwood was a candidate that was running for the presidential thing because it was it looked so well. And I think this is a piece where Netflix and they still do. You can see it with everything with their activation now with like Stranger Things. They just make themselves so part of the conversation with like their activation. It's not really, you know, the classic when it would have been like your movie trailer. If here's a new movie, this is the latest thing to the cinema. They make it so lifelike that you don't even kind of realize it's not real. Um, and that's what I love about it. Just it goes viral. I always think an awful lot of their ad, and that's what this is, and that's what the Stranger Thing is, is it's ads within the movie. Mm. It's like if you see Quentin Tarantino and is it um, Rodriguez's Grindhouse. It's, we talked about this on a, on a podcast probably about a year ago, fake ads. And they made movie fake movie trailers for in between ah. their movies. And um, one of them is Machete, which then they made into a real movie because everyone loved the trailer so much. And it's that kind of authenticity where the creator is like, no, 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 I want this to feel like a real ad in the universe that we've created. And I just think it gives it such depth and layers because it feels like the advertising is so honest, you know? And you're like, you feel like it's treating you like you live in Frank Underwood or Stranger Things' world. So yeah, it's really cool. Yeah. Let's have a quick look at this house cards piece. It's a new day in America. Today, more people will go to work, return home to their families, and sleep more soundly than ever before. All because one man refuses to settle, putting people before politics. That man is Frank Underwood. America, I'm only getting started. I'm Frank Underwood, and I approve this message. That's too real. That's yeah, so cool. That show was so good. I, I gave up on that show when he tainted it. I know. Uh, and it, it was so good up to that. And then it just got muddy. And I was like, I'm not I'm not participating in this anymore. Yeah. Um, but uh, it was such a good character. That Frank Underwood character was incredibly well written. And I know it's a remake, House of Cards, from a British version from like the 80s, but um, 70s. But uh, it's just done so, it was just so well. And as you rightly said, it was around that time where US politics was fucking going insane. Yeah. And he just paralleled. It's like, <laughs> it was is this like, real life for imitation? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that FU 2016, which brilliant. The yeah, yeah I know. It's, it's, yeah. it's just genius. Uh, was that a, was that a real website? Do you know, did it actually have a full campaign yeah, behind it? They had like a full campaign. And that's what even when it came out, it was like they had a campaign headquarters. So, you know, the way like when you see in the movies and like they have like their kind of mission control. They had a Frank Underwood, like Mission Control campaign headquarters, people working in there. So it was they embedded this as if it was real life. And that's what I think it was more, you know, it wasn't just like an activation or a bit of a video. Um, Like I'm probably I don't know if he did this, but I'm imagining Frank Underwood went and like visited some babies in like different states and um, got like the photos with all the Americans. But it's commitment to it. And I think that's what's. So good because especially in the world of Netflix, it's you know when you have like the top ten 
coming through and that's changing every day we're all like real short attention span so you're like on the next big thing but this the investment they put behind it and just trying it looked so expensive and I think when you think about it six years ago like now Netflix really commit to putting money behind campaigns and they'll do it across like the board it's not just that they're like launching a show this is like their big campaign that they're putting everything behind and then how they bring it in like I think what's so clever is they make everything go kind of a bit viral and I'd heard a really good comparison people are saying you know the big thing that we all love is memes it's like how we share everything but Netflix have a really good way of creating the memes like it's not coming from them and that's how I think they spread it these you know it's even in that visual one of them they have it's like FU 2016 and in the background it's Trump and it's just so you know that's just going to go viral and like when someone came up with that they're like oh this is this is going to be good yeah it's one of those moments where the light bulb goes off we, we can't not do this now yeah kind of, kind of thing what, what i find with the netflix pieces and i think the stranger things most recent season is is a perfect example of it when they did the activations i think it was heavily in the uk whereas it was like the um the 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 portal into the upside down was was breaking through and against walls and and on, on floors and they had like surfer boy six sheets plastered around the place uh i hadn't started watching that series yet and then you hear running up the hill starting to go viral and yeah and it, it gives you this sense of urgency for a show that's that lives on the platform it's not going anywhere it's not like it's it's going to be kicked off after a while because it's theirs but it makes you go, okay, I need to park any other show I'm watching right now and watch this or else I'm going to be completely out of the loop with what's going on. Or it might become so much in the pop culture that I'm going to miss out and it's going to get the show's going to get ruined for me because I'm going to see a meme about it or I'm going to see uh, someone's going to reference it. So that that's pretty impressive to create that urgency for something that, that is evergreen on their platform. Yeah, that's the thing because even with the same as happening with Stranger Things for me is I didn't realize why Kate Bush was becoming so popular. I was like, that's interesting. And then it was, I can't remember what the dark monster is called now, but even Vecna, he, Vecna, he had his own Spotify playlist. That's where you're like merging Spotify <laughs> and um, Spotify. That's actually a brilliant activation when I'm thinking about two things I love. Spotify, it was like, what's your Vecna playlist to protect you from him? You know, like uh, that was like amazing. Great. So it's like, that's where like Spotify were listening out to like what's going viral on Netflix. And they're like, okay, music is key to Stranger Things at the moment. So what can we do? And that's where I just think they're like fingers on the pulse. They're listening. Um, and like, it's the same with the Frank Underwood campaign. They were like, America's at a place where it's about to go crazy. We have this amazing like show that fits in perfectly how can we put ourselves in the center of the 2016 presidential campaign and make it be plausible? I was just Googling there. I was trying to see if he did get any votes. Oh, yeah. So I was, I was, because I'm after, I got this, but the full breakdown of like the hundred people that ran in 2016 and obviously Hillary and, and, Donald got most of the votes, but I can't see his name there. I was trying to see if there was like, a, did they put it. a candidate? Did yeah. they find a real man with his name and just put him on the ballot? Because that would have yeah. been genius. Yeah. And oh um, I can't find it. I was even hoping that maybe he got like 70 just to I get know. anything. But no, I can't seem to find anything on it. Maybe they didn't want to be seen to be properly tampering with, <laughs> with the democratic <laughs> process. Like. <laughs> that would be amazing. That's what I love. It's like the commitment 
to something. It's like, you know, with the KFC, um, their activation on KFC on Twitter, they only follow like 13 people. You've heard this. No, thing. no. So um, they only follow. It's like six people called herb and like seven spices because that's uh-huh. it's a blend of herbs and spices. Like that's where it's just commitment to like the extra it's detail that you're like, who? It's like, amazing. The brainstorming, but it's going down to that final detail. It's amazing. And, and that's like a big bit in trolling where like one celebrity, like a Jake Paul, is trolling Conor McGregor. He'll unfollow everyone and only follow Conor McGregor's wife. Yeah. And it's like a big thing in like internet trolling. And I was like, that's just hilarious. It's the call out. And it's like you're waiting for people to find this out. Yeah. It's, it's one of those. Yeah. You're like, oh, this is such a good idea. You just yeah. want people. Um, that's class. Yeah. That's really cool. I love that. Uh, that, I didn't know that. That's class. That's a fourth one. That's, that's there's your extra nugget. You'd be like, did yeah, you know? Yeah. Oh, I'll be yeah. using yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> that's that brilliant. Oh, there's so many, so many good things in in all those ads uh, and the little nuggets there. Um, that was that was brilliant, Sarah. Thank you so much uh, for bringing those those ads to the table. There, no problem. They're top drawer, genuinely great. top drawer. Great looking um, through everything. Yeah, it's it's nice sometimes to go. Uh, just hunting for new uh, new ads or kind of ones that you, that are sticking out in the back of the mind that you kind of put a pin in going that's always that's always going to stand out yeah um so thank you so much for that if if um if people are wondering what's going on with Ballymaloo is there I see there's always variations of, of products and flavors coming out um lots of you're not resting on the laurels mm-hmm. what what can people expect this summer or, or down the traps uh for from Ballymaloo for us it's been like a crazy busy time but good the last few years like food service is picking up massively and I think what was amazing for us even though we've been around family foods have been around 30 years the love and the growth that we saw was all really coming from original relish so even though we think we've like reached a limit that so many people love it there was the growth is massive so we actually just launched a master brand campaign this year because we do we've 18 products so even when we do shows, people are like, you do pasta sauces. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm like trying to get the message through. We're like breaking it out into loads of different things. But um, we will be doing a lot of like Christmas activation because obviously Balmaloo, Original Relish and all our like roasting sauces and pasta. So there'll be some good fun things coming through on our pasta that's, range. That's funny about pasta because obviously we made... I think six videos for Ballymaloo about three years ago in yeah. pasta. So obviously they didn't cut through. <laughs> I know, but this is the thing. Even it's like, to be honest, even in my own house, I like bring, obviously I bring back the like sauces. I have three nieces and my mom still will like sometimes go and buy another product. She's like, oh, I forgot you do pasta sauces. And I'm like, <laughs> I literally bring them home from the office all yeah. the time. After that <laughs> shoot, I remember I had them yeah. in my house for ages. They were gorgeous. I was like, these are class. Yeah. <laughs> So well, all, they almost feel like they're they're too nice just to use on a random Tuesday or something. It's like it's like a treat sauce. Almost. I know what this is. You are like taking the words out of my. We want to be like everyday achievable because like there is this kind. There is this perception that like we are more premium, but actually like we use really good quality ingredients and everything. But when you were looking at like the prices, like we are the same price in like the stirrings as Dalmio, like. And we were actually in some cases cheaper, but it's like no additives, no preservatives. But I think because it's all really good quality, people are like, oh, I must save that for a treat. So that's what we're trying to break it down to. Like a little goes a long way. We definitely say that. So it's 
you know, but you don't have to save the jar till Christmas. Like it's yeah, not. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's not celebrations. No, yeah. like definitely not. But we like we still have that where people are like I just bought this. I'm saving it for Christmas. Yes. You're like, do. But um, uh, we'll buy get another there. one now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just That's have brilliant. to get people buying our pasta sauces. So, and yeah. Well, I think you've given uh, you've given me anyway inspiration for dinner tonight. Uh, exactly. For the rest of the week, um, Sarah Collins, uh, senior marketing manager at Ballymaloo Foods. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast. Um, if anyone was listening to that and want to see the ads, uh, log on to workwithfo.e forward slash podcast, and you'll get them all uh, all there as well as the archive of all, all of our previous ads. Um, and yeah, until next time. Thanks very much for listening.